listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 139 on Ed Reach, GLS 10 recap. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, July 12, 2014. EdGamer is part of the EdReach Network, EdReach.us, giving education a voice. A big, a big voice. Big voice. <laughs> you can tell we practiced. <laughs> this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. And I'm Caro. I'm Rex. And I'm Ramey. Hello, all. I think, Jerry, I think this is the largest that we've had, largest group in a while. It's a big one. It's a big one, and it's because we got some big and, you know, important people. Mm -hmm. And, and they're going to talk about some cool stuff. So uh, my name is Zach Gilbert. I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. And, Jerry, we've been on vacation, hiatus. Not together. Not together, and no, mm -hmm. never share a room with Jerry. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, yeah it's, it's worse for me than it is for you. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. I'm, a, I'm a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, we can discuss that later. So uh, we've taken a break for, I guess, about a little over a month, and we've done some conferencing, we've done some vacationing, we've done some other things, and, and uh, I got to go down to wonderful Orlando and do mm -hmm. some... Disney and Universal, and uh, I got to ride Jerry. Um, I don't, I don't know if you know about me and rides. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Is that really the way you decided to put that? You need an extra comma in there, son. Who's the junior high teacher? <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah well, after saying. the hotel room speech. Well, right. okay. Tell down. us what you rode. Family, that I, I rode. I went on the uh, the Hogwarts. That's uh, no, what is it? The the castle, you go through the, the school, and then you get on the ride. And Have you been down there, Jerry? Have you done no. Universal? Have no. any of you ridden on Universal rides? Okay, so you go through the, the school, and talk about math and science. To time everything correctly, I know people, there's times when you have huge lines, but we never stood around for more than 10 seconds and oh. just kept on, kept on moving, going through the rooms, seeing Dumbledore's, you know, office, and it was just so cool, so cool. And then, you know, I'm seeing all these warnings about motion sickness, which I'm not huge about motion and things like that. And I got pretty confident after being at, at, at Disney and going on the Star Wars ride, which was really cool. Just by, by the way, it's you're flying around, moving around, and you're moving, you know, bouncing back and forth. And I'm thinking, oh, I can handle this Universal one, you know, this this Harry Potter one. And I'm, as I'm getting closer, I'm seeing this this they're talking about the motion and everything and they're, they're you're sitting in this box and they're showing this thing flipping around and going all over the place I'm like oh that can't be that's just they're just over dramatizing it no do you know the gyroscopes that they train the uh, uh, the astronauts on basically I'm flipping upside down going all over the place my eyes were closed for most of the time the picture that they took is has my eyes like I'm like this <laughs> But it was the coolest thing ever, and my daughter just, my oldest daughter loved it, and it was just a great time. You know, Disney's wonderful, Universal's wonderful, and it was just, 
it's one of those experiences that will cherish for the rest of our lives. And and talk about games and activities. Oh, my youngest daughter did the Jedi training. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I got to fight Darth Vader. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Okay, so you're just wondering what this has to do with games. No, it's just it's just me sharing all the fun things that you know I've done here lately. So, uh, hey, uh, a few things before we get on to GLS, and I want to uh, uh, do a shout out, Jerry, uh, Grafalia's uh, Ari. Are you going right into? Should we let everyone introduce themselves, or oh, did, you just they want did, to didn't go? They? Well. Said, no, they did. Hi, I'm. Hey, you know what? And... Oh goodness gracious! I mean, it's, I don't, it's if been a month. Want, it's been if, a month. If you just want to they take parts of the show are. completely out, you know that's fine. You skipped right to yours. You know the important one. We get it. We get it. <laughs> Jerry, I am yeah. so sorry. Yeah. You know, everybody, I'm so sorry. It's mm. been a month. It's been a month. Hey, <laughs> uh, Caro, uh, what do you do? Uh, I'm a PhD student in mathematics education at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, I've been hanging out with the GLS folks for like for years now because I'm interested in math and games and learning. Um, and so they let me co-chair their conference this past year, and that's the capacity I'm here in. And she did an awesome job. <laughs> Rex, uh, I'm a graduate student with the Games Learning Society Research Group, who has also just hung out with Carol for most of the time I've been here uh, at the UW-Madison, and I was the co-chair of the Playful Learning Summit at GLS this year. And you did an awesome job, too. And Ramey? Hey, folks. I'm Ramey Holden. I'm a doctoral candidate uh, at UW-Madison, um, hanging out with Caro and Rex and the rest of the GLS crew. And like Rex, I was one of the co-chairs for the GLS conference's Playful Learning Summit. And just to say, I know there's a lot of people and players that are involved in this, but um, without you three, I, I really don't see how this even comes together. So you guys did an awesome, awesome job. I would like to thank, take this opportunity to thank all of the 60-odd volunteers yeah. that we had that put this on because, you know, the three of us, we work with details and we work with speakers and we work with whatever and we answer emails and all of these things. But without those 60 boot sets of boots on the ground, I don't even know. What would it, we would have just hung out at the terrace drinking beer the whole time. There wouldn't have been any programming. <laughs> nothing would have worked properly. No food, nothing. Sign so. me up for that conference. Absolutely. And also, add to Caro, of course, echoing that. And we also work with a phenomenal group of faculty and a really wonderful uh, group of other academics and advisory board um, and, a, and a larger conference committee that supports our work. And so the fact that there are really world-renowned video game scholars, including some of our advisors at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, but also scholars around the world who turn to really a ragtag bunch of grad students to put together one of the field's leading games conferences, that's really wonderful. And so we certainly want to thank them as well. And uh, uh, Rex, I heard that um, the volunteers are asking for beer nuts next year. Well, they should be. Yeah, they, I, they said that you would you would provide them with beer nuts. <laughs> Just, I, I, I heard that. I heard that from somebody. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Jerry. Yeah. Who the heck are you? Oh, my name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts educator from Schaumburg, Illinois. And I uh, just uh, a quick apology. <laughs> Can you tell that we've only done this 138 times before? <laughs> but when you get out of practice, it's just kind of like I'm excited. Let's get to the outline. Let's go. Okay. Anything else, Jerry? Did I did I miss anything else? 
Oh, I'm sure to bring it up I'm, later if you I'm did. I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Okay, to the game kind of gaming news is that uh, Grafalia's Airy is a local game store here in Bloomington, Illinois, and uh, went in there for the first time. It has new owners, and very uh, they had tons and tons of games. And I heard that they are giving, uh, as of now, I heard that they're giving 20% discounts to teachers and then 40% if you are going to use those games in school. So, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And especially since I have this nice grant uh, to purchase some games, I will be perusing the store in a couple weeks and taking and loading up a cart. So I'm pretty excited about that. So making connections there. One of the games I just bought uh, recently was the uh, X-Wing Miniatures. I've played it before, but uh, talked to a friend of mine. He said, if you're going to do it, do this, just a suggestion out there, just so you have enough miniatures to, to play with. I bought two box sets, and that was uh, – so I have two uh, – let's see, two X-Wings and four TIE Fighters, and I'll be playing that with my, my youngest daughter and then bringing that to my game club. But uh, I'll be working out. I'm going to see if we can create some lessons on, on some math and some science using uh, playing that game. So that, that'll be interesting. It's a lot of fun. You know, there's nothing like having miniatures and going pew, 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 you know, shooting things. <laughs> Which is imp the important part, the pew, 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 yeah, yeah, realistic yeah, sound effect. Yeah, you know, that, that, that sounded really strong and powerful. Uh, the, the last one, uh, last little article here, is that PBS NewsHour, uh, I think they've been showing a few, they've been doing a, a few segments on games and learning, and one of them was uh, they went to the play, uh, Playmaker School through Game Desk and out in Santa Monica, California, and that's Lucien Vitell, and very, very cool things that are happening there. And so check that out. I put the link on there, and that'll be in the show notes. So a lot of things are moving in the games and learning world. Very By the way, this video playing has nothing to do with anything Zach was talking about, but Zach picked a link that has an advertisement first, so we're still watching mm -hmm. the advertisement. Hey, that's PB even PBS is doing that? Yeah, I, I guess they have to. Well, no, I guess they have more to. seconds till we get to your video. Yeah, well, I guess well, they have to. Because, you oh, know, it's, it's public broadcasting, and they need some funds. Yeah. There you go. We and should there's Judy There's Judy Woodruff. That, that folks from the Playmaker School were in Madison, Wisconsin, yes. for the GLS conference. It was really a pleasure welcoming two of their teachers. Yeah. Um, uh, Ted and AJ, who mm -hmm. came and facilitated a workshop at the Playful Learning Summit. They were even interviewed by some local uh, kids who were visiting, and just it was a great time to have them. So... Nice to know that folks who are getting national press, like the PBS NewsHour, are also supporting teacher learning through our conference. Yeah, and that, that's, that's wonderful. I know Ted, I've been in contact with him, and he's going to be joining EdGamer somewhere in the near future. So uh, really, I just want him to send uh, Jerry and I out to uh, Santa Monica and just to, so we can take a tour and, and do some fun stuff out there, Jerry. I am not opposed to that. <laughs> Do you guys need a third person on oh, your yeah, team? Yeah, we, I'm sure we could figure yeah. that out. I <laughs> So the reason why we have the, oh, I'm going to use a sports, the big three that are no longer the big three, <laughs> following LeBron. I know Jerry is. So, uh, yeah, the big three of GLS. I'm uh, a mellow no. watch now. <laughs> I don't want mellow for the Bulls. Just saying, Jerry. Need a scorer. Did you just go? Oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought you went to ESPN. 
<laughs> I thought you're, thought you're pulling up some LeBron story. Oh, I'll have that in the background. Okay, you'll have that in the background. Okay. So, because it, oh my goodness, it's crazy. So, having them here to discuss, and what's interesting is that we mentioned, we talked about in our in our discussions before, is that the three of the, the three people here have not talked about GLS since it finished. So hopefully we're going to have a nice raw conversation and discussion um, of what they saw and learned from the conference. And uh, so first of all, what is GLS? Whoever wants to pipe in. Oh, <laughs> Ramey? Me? Kara? Rex? <laughs> uh, well, you know, GLS is many, many things, and it's sort of tricky. Um, you know, we have the little blurb that calls it a premier event in games and learning. Um, and you know, we attract national and international attention, scholars, teachers, everybody. But, you know, one of the interesting things is, is that this is such a multidisciplinary group, and a lot of game studies conferences are. Um, but this is, like, we have developers, we have teachers from K through 16, we have folks who are interested in board games and reskinning card games, we have folks who do build their own levels in Minecraft and then use it to teach in their classroom. We have, um, you know, Jim G, who you could, I feel comfortable saying he pretty much founded this entire field. Uh, Constance Steinkuhler, who's the first uh, video games advisor at the White House. Um, and Kurt Squire, who just, everybody knows, this is the guy who builds amazing science games for the classroom. So, I, I mean, what isn't GLS? GLS isn't boring. <laughs> um, you will never be hungry while you're no. there. And you'll or have thirsty. just, or, or thirsty. And you'll have just the right amount of time to like network in between really good sessions of all different types. That's my little. That's what I think. GLS is easier to find as all of the bad things. It's not. Yeah. And it's and it's one of the. It's held at the University of Wisconsin Madison, and Madison's turned into one of my favorite towns. It is an amazing, amazing place. It's a big town, but there are parts of it that feel like small town, small town America. And that's, it, it's a nice, safe place and just great people. And, and the, the games and learning community is, are, are so friendly. Uh, you meet a ton, tons of people there and making those connections. So, so Ramey? I was going to just mention that, and I think Carol may have mentioned this, but, you know, this was our 10th conference, our 10th annual conference. That's pretty amazing considering that the field of video games and learning is still relatively young and that we've had this successful conference for a decade now. And that hasn't stopped us from innovating. We did a lot of programming this year that was so new. And, you know, yeah, we're celebrating our successes over the last decade, but we're also trying new things. Um, the Playful Learning Summit, we hosted the National Playful Learning Summit for a second year in a row. That included a lot of other day-long events there was an event called the ARIS Summit that looked just at mobile learning and a mobile learning platform that teachers are designing with. We had a Games and Libraries Day for librarians who are interested in uh, using games in those learning spaces in a variety of ways. Uh, we were bringing together uh, game publishers and industry folks with teachers, unlike I think had been seen in other conferences. And so, you know, we're so excited that even though we've had success over the last decade, we're really trying to keep pushing the field forward. And um, I want to make just a short shout-out to Meredith Lowe, um, who works here at the library school, because the Games and Libraries Day would not have happened without her. Um, and some of the other sort of new things that we've added that I think are really exciting. So some of it's programming and some of it's just fun. Uh, so we started the Deep Dives. So Deep Dives actually take an entire morning. Um, so you can really dig into certain topics. 
Uh, we started networking lunches so that while you're eating lunch, you can hang out. You can have real cloth napkins and local homemade chocolates uh, while you're sitting there and talking about a specific topic, such as women in game design. Um, and then we also had our first, I guess you could call it, um, or attendees called it a LARP, um, but it was by the Guard Up group um, in Massachusetts. And so all I'm going to say is that there was a nine-foot-tall vampire bat costume with stilts involved. And that, that was new for us. So we had both fun and programming new things this year. I think that would be new in just about anywhere. Yeah. Yes. But, but that yes. but that's, needs to spread. And uh, amazing group. The Guard Up group is 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 wonderful. Um, that was that, that was eye opening, and how that can be integrated, and that was that was very cool. Well, they did all the work. I said, "Oh yeah, you know, we'll provide the space, and I'll give you a walk." And then I was like, "Oh, by the way, I have to take away some of the space I promised you before." And also, since this is a campus, we have to be careful about things that look like guns in the hallway, <laughs> even if they're Nerf guns for the Nerf gun battle. Oh, and also, you can't have an open flame. And I'm sorry, you wanted a flame spirit. So let me let me put up all of these barriers, and they somehow just made it all work despite all of that. So, yep, kudos That's to awesome. Yeah. So I guess I, I want to start off with this before we start sharing some links and some notes and things like that. You know, what, you know, what were the top parts of GLS that each one of you saw and got out of it that you want to share? Go ahead, Rex. Rex, yeah. <laughs> Is, are you uh -oh. mute? Rex, you're muted. Uh-oh. Still muted. Well, let me see. Should I dive in here so that... Yeah. yeah. Okay. So one of the things, and maybe this is something that Rex was going to mention, um, the Playful Learning Summit focuses on how teachers not only are using games in our classrooms, uh, but how educators broadly defined can be game designers, can be thinking in ways that promotes the kind of playfulness, the kind of creativity, the open-ended learning that comes along with why we think games are fun and why we think game-based learning is so important. And that day was paired with um, a... National Science Foundation Cyber Learning Summit. Some of the most uh, prominent researchers who are looking at emerging innovative technologies but are doing so in an often higher education setting and have less um, interaction with practitioners, with classroom teachers. It's not that they don't value them. They actually value them quite a lot. Um, but the overlap is not as, um, as explicit. And so we had this really unique opportunity to pair um, this biannual NSF Cyber Learning Summit and to have GLS host that, and to host them alongside the National Playful Learning Summit. And so on the Tuesday of the conference, you had 400 people in the same room at the same time, some of the nation's leading researchers around these innovative cyber learning technologies, and teachers who are themselves designing and experimenting with games and learning in the same place. And the networking that went on, and the knowledge sharing, and the kind of whose perspective, my perspective, that was really unique. And we got a lot of feedback from the uh, organizers of that event, um, as well as our teachers saying, this kind of interaction never happens. We don't bring traditionally together these kinds of folks in the same place and respectfully have them converse and get to know one another. And I think that was just so unique and such a, um, an interesting opportunity for us to bring together communities that are typically not in the same space and to say, hey, let's all learn from each other. That for me was fantastic. And But the, that organization, the science uh, the science organization you're talking about, that is not, is that a education group or is that just a 
So that's so that's the National Science Foundation. This is a federal agency, NSF, the federal federal so it does, agency. It does deal with. They do a lot around education, absolutely. Right. So I guess what I'm getting at is because I just heard this a few weeks ago. <laughs> it was just kind of mind-boggling to me at first is that, you know, normally this was a group that is trying to help educators. Normally we don't have educators be part of the process of creating, you know, and helping design what's going on. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> it just, for me as an educator, it just blows my mind. But I do know the difficult process of creating some type of technology, software, platform, whatever it is. And there's constraints on that. But we're starting to see more of that interaction from the development phase of educators being part of that mm -hmm. and the developers and coming together and creating a product. And that hasn't happened a lot, which like I said, blows my mind because we are the ones that are putting this or trying to bring this into the classroom. And we understand that, you know, our classroom needs A, B, and C. And if we could have helped out all along the way, then we could have kind of streamlined that process. Yeah, you know, I feel like there are there are structural barriers that are in place and historic ones, and so yes. it's complicated. I would also wager to say that uh, the cyber STEM folks uh, care more about bringing teachers in than a lot of groups. And I'm yes. not going to name any of those other groups. Right. Um, yeah. But I think like one of the things that working in um, digital media and with technologies like that and um, creating products or designing interventions or whatever for the K-12 context is that, you know, the things trying to be done can be seen as so radical compared to the sort of traditional way that we view classrooms. Um, and I think that folks that are, that are trying such new things um, actually try to work with teachers a lot more because they know, like, if we don't have teachers on our side and we don't create a product that's actually useful for them, it's never going to be used. It's going to be incredibly disruptive, There's et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I think, like, I think I agree that there is a movement towards getting, um, I guess, the, the grant-receiving group uh, to, to work with teachers a lot more. But I really would say, like, my guess is that, that cyber learnings um, values teacher input. Yeah. More than a lot of and we're and we're seeing that more, and, and we're seeing more developers work with teachers, yeah. and and I, I think they're starting to see the fruits of that labor because uh, just this past week I had some developer ask me about they're putting together this math uh, game for primary for primary grades, and I said this is not my area, but I have a few teachers that I can contact, and so they wrote up like a little synopsis of what they thought about it, mm -hmm. and I sent that off to the developer, and the developer in turn sent emails to those three teachers yeah. and gave them your access. It's a paid program. Gave them years access, and I said that's really all the teachers want is yeah. that, hey, I'll help you out, but you know I do want a little something in return, right. and it's a win-win, and one of the groups that I think we all know, uh, you know, the EdTech Bridge, is something that's been really rolling and that it's that those connections and we really did see a lot more of this happening this year at GLS but that you know Steve I know two players of it Steve Isaacs and Katya Hot uh, they are they're part of that I know there's others that, that are there and it's hashtag EdTechBridge and they're trying in the summers I think it's every other Wednesday they're trying to get together 
and we'll have links in the show notes. But he's starting to get more developers getting involved, mm -hmm. and there's more teachers getting involved, and they're they're coming together. And I think when that relationship builds, we're going to get better products for our classrooms, and which in turn help our kids. Yeah. <laughs> Rex, are you there? Done. Are you done? Done. We Rex, got that solved. Yeah, yeah. Get this off. Oh, Rex dropped out again. Ah, oh, he uh, must be having problems. Tell us his, his great story, but yes. So yeah. he's coming back in. Let's see, Rex. Do we have audio now? Yeah. 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 Rex, give us a, give, all right. Give us a quick update on your on your awesome Thursday session. We were just talking again about these kind of cross sector collaborations. Well, tell, before, tell us what you put together. Well, before I go into that, I want to say that the. I mean, everybody's been touching on it. I think that the thing that GLS this year more than ever did for me was brought amazing people together, just incredible, amazing people uh, from all of these different places that we're talking about, from NSF grant recipients to people in the Department of Public Instruction to teachers to people in the industry who are running, you know, the Playmaker School, who are running Game Desk, who are running Glass Lab. We had a great, huge amount of interesting people, and that is, to me, what really brought GLS alive this year, and I thought that the overlap of those groups, which happened through the keynotes, through Jessica Lindell and Drew Davidson, all really talking about what teachers need in the classroom and how we as industry or academics can support them and their needs was really awesome. So then, Thursday, uh, this is GLS proper. We have a session with 10 people, uh, our host here being one of them, uh, that cross-cut all three of those spaces. We had teachers, we had academics, we had uh, industry leaders in games and learning. And more importantly, in a room of 75 to 100 people, when we asked how many people in the room were teachers, this is during an academic conference, at least 50 hands went up. So we have at least 50 teachers in the room for an academic conference uh, with a panel of just total rock stars, and it was a blast. I, I facilitated it, and I didn't have to do anything. Like they <laughs> their ideas off each other. It was amazing. It was great. Uh, it went, even we went back and forth into the crowd. People from the crowd were actively participating in the conversation. So it was a real conversation about game-based learning. What teachers' supports need to happen uh, with some of the leaders in the industry who can make those supports become a reality. Yeah. So I should mention this, Rex. I appreciate what you just said. For folks who might be watching who are new to the field or new to game-based learning and are wondering if the three of us are just running some crazy conference with a bunch of, you know, <laughs> early adopters and are kind of like flying maybe above or under the radar or just totally out of left field, should mention that the state of Wisconsin's Department of Public Instruction, which is who Rex just mentioned, is fully supporting our work. Mm -hmm. And so from the state superintendent, who's an elected public official, to the assistant state superintendent, who's a gentleman named Kurt Kiefer, who for a third year in a row now introduced our Playful Learning Summit at GLS and is fully backing the type of work that we do. And so if there's a kindergarten teacher in rural Wisconsin or somebody else who's out there saying, hey, is this something that I could really do in my school? Am I really the kind of educator who might be supported in bringing games and learning into my classroom across disciplines and across grade levels? Again, we have buy-in from our state government, and that's really a critical, um, really variable in our success. 
And you know, when I asked Kirk Kiefer, what do you say to those teachers who might be a little bit skeptical? You know, I have to cover content. I'm concerned about standards. How do I bring games and learning into a school when I have all these other things to do? And he said, we care about personalized learning. We want all children to succeed, and games is one means, amongst many, to personalize learning for all students and to support all students' achievement. That's why we're doing this. Okay, so that's so I'm going to, I'm going to go back and edit this section. What time is it? Ten fifty. Okay, marking the point because I'm going to send that off to the Illinois State Board of Education <laughs> and see. Do you think we'll get you a know, good response, Jerry? In, no. Instead of doing that, you should probably just do what I'm doing, which is I have a bag packed on the side here, and then I've got a for sale <laughs> sign in the window that I just grew up with a crayon. Head north. <laughs> Come to Wisconsin. Yeah. That's, yeah. My, that's my homeland. My wife would have no problem with that. She loves Madison. So. That's, and and I think we're moving in that direction in Illinois, but we definitely do not have that vocal support of, of it. And I think the main reason is because of the university. And because it's considered one of the leaders in the games and learning field, well, and that, that helps out. I think that's a simple respect issue. That means that it, uh, politicians and higher administrators are viewing the university as something that, we, you know, see they, they see the university as a group of professionals that do that are you know making important decisions by people in the field. No way. You know, whereas our state government. It really has no interest in hearing the opinions of teachers or... We have teachers in Illinois? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have to pay them? Oh, retirement? No, we don't want to pay retirement. Okay. I would rather so, they listen than pay, but uh, I, would yeah. take, I would take one of the two. Well, yeah. So it's, you know, I think that's... I'm hoping that's moving in the right direction. And I, I know there's some projects in the state that hopefully we'll, we'll drive this home. But, Ramey, you you said it right there. I'm, I'm seriously, I'm going to go in and cut out that clip and, and send that off to some people because that's, that's, that's perfect. And that's when you have that support from above, it's easier to stretch it out. And then you also work very well. And GLS, you know, the Games and Learning Society and, and University of Wisconsin work very closely with the school districts. And I, do, do you feel that they have a close connection with the university? And it's different campuses. Clarify your question, Zach. Between so, so how, GL, if, how GLS as a, as a research center works with districts across yeah, the state of Wisconsin. I, there's two parts. So yeah, so you know, I know that you guys go out into the community. GLS does, but I also know that I think teachers, I think teachers in Wisconsin feel that they have resources that they can go to within the state and connect with the the universities. At least that's what I my feeling is when I go there because all the teachers I talk to, it seems like they have some type of connection with the university itself. Yeah, we want that to be a two-way street, I think. We want the knowledge that exists in schools and in communities to inform what uh, is being researched through the university. And we want universities' insights from research to also connect with authentic community needs. And that's a two-way street. Um, and so GLS has an outreach uh, director Paul Olson, who was at our conference for the first time this year, and he's doing great work with schools and districts um, across the state of Wisconsin. And so if you are a Wisconsin educator um, or an educator from even other surrounding states and you want to connect with GLS as a center, um, you should definitely contact Paul yeah, Olson. Yeah. We can include his email uh, in the show notes. Um, but broadly, yes, the University of, of Wisconsin um, has a new, uh, really a kind of a new research network led by actually 
one of the professors who is associated, one of the GLS founders, Dr. Rich Halverson, and one of his new initiatives is to kind of seed a network of research and practice connecting communities and schools with the University of Wisconsin's statewide system. And so, yes, we see those kinds of networks very much supported um, across these various sectors, Zach. That's right. So when you, when you talk about Wisconsin itself, when people think of the School for Teachers and Educators, is that UW-Madison? The School for Teachers and Educators, yeah, well... Yeah, if you think of education itself, like, you know, in Illinois, Illinois State is kind of considered the educator's school. Mm -hmm. um, I think Northern is, is making a huge play, though, Jerry, especially in science education and STEM education. So it's, you know, that, you know, is that... Are there other schools in the state that teachers look to uh, my, my response would be yes. I think that all schools are going to have their specialties. Very specifically, uh, Caro and Rex and I work with the University of Wisconsin's Whitewater campus okay. um, closely because one of our colleagues, um, Dr. Beth King, Elizabeth King, um, is also a GLS alum. She worked with uh, one of our mentors, Dr. Constance Steinkuhler, and is now an assistant professor at the University of Wisconsin in Whitewater. The reason why I mentioned that campus is that Wisconsin's uh, Whitewater campus is the largest teacher education program in the, okay. in the entire state. It's larger than UW-Madison. We had a Playful Learning Summit, uh, a regional Playful Learning Summit at Whitewater last November, and it had over 400 attendees. Over half of them were pre-service teachers, and we see this as a kind of culture shift, a way of having incoming teachers, that next generation of educators, see games and learning as normative. And it's because of that that we would work with a campus like Whitewater. Um, it's just down the road. This might be a good time, actually, though, to talk about upcoming um, events. Um, we have a Playful Learning Summit, uh, hopefully happening again at Whitewater this fall, and a number of other regional summits. But I know that, of course, we're looking forward to GLS 11. And so maybe, Carol, you want to talk a little bit about the submission process, if people want to uh, share their knowledge and their work, and what we're thinking about in terms of, of scheduling. Just, yeah, maybe? Yeah, sure. Um, I'd be happy to. So first of all, um, slightly sad for me is I will not be co-chairing next year. Um, I co-chaired for two years, and I'm handing that off to Amanda Oxner, who is uh, far more prepared, actually, than I am the first time I did it. So it's going to be even better next year. Oh. Um, but she will be taking that over. Uh, so. One of the sort of things, uh, we had previously determined dates, and then we realized that those dates, the next year, um, third week of June, is exactly when E3 is. So we will probably be moving it, our conference into early July. No promises, and I don't have any dates yet, but just to like warn folks. Um, the submission process usually, uh, we start accepting submissions usually in early December. Um, and we stop accepting them in late January. They're full paper submissions, so they're, they're not super fast to write up. Um, but there's actually there's two sort of there's actually two different ways to submit. Um, and we did this that this this year for the first time. Um, and I thought it worked great. It was with the working examples project. And so uh, working examples is one session type that we do, and the working examples folks curate it for us, so they review all the submissions and et cetera. And you actually go to workingexamples.org, create a working example, and you, that is what gets submitted. So it's far more friendly to multimedia pieces. So you can have videos, you can have photos, you can have links and all sorts of fancy things that are harder to do in a Word document. And then all of our other different session types are uh, you know, single-spaced from 
one to seven pages, um, depending on what you do. If you do, say, a poster or you submit a game that you've designed or built, um, that's one to two pages. If you want to do a full paper presentation um, on some sort of project you've done, uh, then that is seven pages. Um, yeah, there's a wide variety. We also have well-played, so if there's some game that that you've played and you absolutely have fallen in love with, like, I should have done this, actually, for Dragon Box when it first came out. It's a chance to, like, analyze and share your passion for a game that just blew your mind, changed your life. I mean, or didn't, or was terrible. You know, you could if you could do something persuasive about that as well. But you get a whole hour to yourself, um, and you get to play the game in front of folks and tell them what you think and so on. Um, and the reason I'm mentioning Well Played in particular is, first of all, it's one of my favorite uh, session formats. Um, and it's with Drew Davidson, by the way. That's the name that's associated with everything Well Played. Um, and then this year we're also doing a special journal issue uh, that's with DIGRA, which is a conference that is happening um, next month. It's July now, right? Yes, it is. So August. Um, so we're doing a well-played journal issue. Um, Drew Davidson, of course, is overseeing it. Sean Duncan and myself um, are uh, curating it and working as guest editors. Um, so look for that to come out. Um, I really just wanted to selfishly give that pitch because I'm excited <laughs> about good. this. Yeah. It's all good. And we'll, um, we'll put those in the show notes. Please do. Uh, we'll have that. So, um, go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was just thinking, you know, um, oh, and then the last sort of announcement-y thing that has to do with uh, GLS is that our proceedings come out after the conference. So the proceedings for GLS 10 will be out in the next couple of months, and they'll be freely available um, via ETC Press like we always do. And that also involves Drew Davidson, as does the Working Examples Project. So Drew Davidson is, like, involved in everything cool. This yeah. is my conclusion. Yeah. Okay. Was there anything else that you got, uh, you know, Carol, you, you've come from the, the management side of it, you know, I know you would rather probably have been out there more and seeing all the presentations and seeing what's going on, but, you know, were there highlights or things that you heard from people? We talked about bridging, you know, developers and educators together. We saw a lot of, um, uh, there were a lot of educators uh, this year. Uh, even Jim G mentioned that to me saying that, you know, we just, it's, GLS started out, you know, in a small area, and then, you know, Playful Learning started out small, and now it's it's grown, and he was excited about that. So, you know, those are some of the areas there, but was there anything else that stood out that uh, that you think people would want to know about? Oh, man. Well, I'm trying to think. I just recently looked over the post-conference surveys, um, and as usual, they were very positive, positive. Um, and it's always funny to see, like, there's always you know, like five people who fill out the survey, and they really just do it because they want to tell you how awesome it was. Um, and so, and a lot of them were first-time attendees, and so people would say things like, we thought that half an hour between a session was really, like, unnecessary. You know, like, most <laughs> conferences don't do that. And then they're like, but it's totally right. I met all of these awesome people in the hallway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, you, you come out of a session. You're with the group of people coming out of that session, talking about the session. You go get a snack. You're still talking about the session. Then you move off, but you've met those people. Now you have someone to sit with at lunch. You know, it's a, it's a really nice space. So yeah. I, I kind of feel like um, every year I'm always taken, a, like, well, especially since I've been co-chairing because I'm the right behind-the-scenes person. I don't get to attend many sessions or do much networking myself or, or that. Um, it's really a labor of love for me, though. I do enjoy it. So, but um, it's, and it always just takes me aback when people come up to me and they just say, best conference ever. We are coming 
for the next 10 years, so you better keep happening. You know, and it just, I don't know. I guess you could tell I'm a bit of a fangirl for this conference. (laughs) Um, But the survey results, you know, they bear that up. People really do enjoy it. Um, And every year we try to make it bigger. So this year, you know, we had over, well, so we had the NSF cyber learning folks. So Monday and Tuesday they were there and they had 200 attendees. Um, On Tuesday we had definitely over 200 attendees for the Playful Learning Summit. My guess is that it was more close to 250. I don't even know. It was huge. It was huge. And then uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was GLS proper. We definitely had over 500 people. So that those five days in Madison, Wisconsin, this random week in June, we had probably a thousand new people who are interested in technology and learning mm-hmm. from everywhere, wandering around the Memorial Union. Yeah. How, how baller is that? That is. That's, that's pretty yeah, cool. That's great. Yeah. You know, so Zach, I'm going to answer your question as well, and it kind of is a riff on, on a bit of what Caro's mentioning as well. It's just, it's great, it, and, and it speaks to the idea, something I've been thinking about a lot, how teachers learn. And I'm a former teacher. I taught middle school for a little while. I taught high school for a little while. And when it comes to teacher learning, some teachers find themselves always hanging out with the same kind of folks or feeling maybe like they should be hanging out with the same kind of folks. I should go to math professional development, or I should really only speak to other English teachers about what literacy means. And what I find so interesting is that GLS becomes this kind of play space for teacher learning that's unlike any other teacher learning experiences. I've not only experienced myself, but now I have, like Caro, the pleasure, and like Rex, the pleasure of helping to actually organize for other people's enjoyment. And it's so interesting to have educators come and say, so what am I really interested in? Maybe not even my disciplinary affiliation, but am I interested in failure? Or am I interested in in productive cheating? There was a whole conversation around that at the conference this year. And to really pursue your own interests, to be an educator who's a learner, and to say, what am I interested in? Who am I interested in? Who might I find it useful to network with? And GLS provides a space for that. It's a design space. It's a networking space. It's a kind of self-propelled, interest-driven learning space for educators. And I don't find that to be typical of other teacher learning experiences. And so that's my both excitement and my continual invitation to have educators join us to do something that is very different than probably 99% of other professional development. Rex? I mean, I'll still go back to those connections, really. I think that the informal time we give between uh, sessions and the length of time that we uh, focus on food and beverages <laughs> is uh, to, to help these connections. Like, the things that we talk about in the sessions really come alive. So, um, i I mean, I personally met a man who works with the CoLab out in San Francisco, and he uh, it's a incubator for education technology. And it, he was so excited about the whole playful learning idea and the teacher professional development and working with them that they're going to be running an uh, event out there. So that'll be probably our first um, like teacher-focused event run by not an academic institution that we're affiliated with, run by an actual company uh, that's looking to help interface their developers on the projects that they're working on with the teachers out in that area. So I, I think that's, those are just the sorts of things that happen yeah. at 
less if you're just there. And it's really exciting. It's a blast. And it's 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 that you know we talk about individualization for students, and that is a drive that we see. But I also think there's individualization of for the teachers because I hooked up with you know I got a list that I've been sending emails to you know National Geographic their games creation uh, with companies that are down in Huntsville Alabama and doing stem and talking to them about their middle schools and some of the the tra the education programs they have down there and just all over the place and it's it's taking those and making them kind of fit to what I do in the classroom but also as a, as a podcaster, being able to share all that information out too, so you can have that. And one of the um, one person that put together a pretty detailed set of notes, Mark Chen, mm. uh, put together. And Jerry, do you have that? Yes, I have it right here. Um, I, it's you know, it's not. I don't think it's everything, <laughs> but it by golly, it seems like everything. Uh, and and. And just going through these notes and contacts and emails and uh, people that you can get a hold of and then information about their sessions, it, it's it's wonderful. And then just going to the GLS site and seeing the schedule that was, was happening and then having contact information there, uh, just going there. And we'll have those links in the show notes. Uh, I think that is, that is so important. You know, honestly, we probably could spend a day just going through, and I'm still trying to you know, gather all the information and kind of organize it in my head in some way, shape, or form of what I learned there at GLS this year. And there's a lot, but Rex, you hit it. It's the connections. I'm making connections not only that uh, people, Jerry, our, uh, Jerry and I are planning after the show, probably our calendar. We might have our calendar set up for the rest of the rest of the year for our podcast because I met so many people mm. at GLS but then also how I could connect to them as an educator and then be able to try uh, different things out in my classroom and then also be able to maybe, you know, uh, give feedback to them and that give and take, you know, having, getting something maybe for free to test out and then use, use in my classroom and which helps my students. So it, it's, it's those connections. It's so much fun. And it's, you know, once that date comes out, Carol, um, I'm going to, uh, we got to put that on the calendar and uh, um, get, that all, get that all put together. It's, it's, it's a wonderful time. And those of you that have not been as an educator or a developer or somebody in, you know, higher ed, um, it's, you need to check GLS out and, and attend and maybe present. So, yeah. any anything else to add? I think <laughs> I want to I want to push um, that if you weren't able to attend GLS or you weren't able to attend some of the, those keynotes, that once those are up online, I would encourage everybody, particularly the teachers who are listening here, to go and watch Drew Davidson's keynote. It's mm -hmm. the entire conference. This is one of the most prominent players in the academic space. Mm -hmm basically the entire time telling academics, professionals, teachers in the room that we need to focus more on interfacing with teachers. We need yeah. to do more as a group. This needs to be a collaborative effort. And to hear that from someone like Drew to this audience, I thought really, really influenced the way the rest of the conference went. And that, Carol, you want to mention it? Um, I'm, I might be mentioning something different from what you think oh, I might be mentioning. The, the but live I just, stream? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we did live stream the keynote, um, and then I have the videos, and I'm trying to put them on YouTube, but we can just say my laptop and iMovie, they both hate me. <laughs> they hate me. Um, so that hasn't happened yet. It will definitely happen soon. My goal is by the end of this month. Um, but this is this is actually my I'm going to attend other conferences month, so it's been extra tricky. Um, but they will be up. All of those things will be up. Um, I also want to say... Um, you mentioned Drew Davidson, and then a, a good year-round persistent uh, teacher platform for sharing what is happening in the classroom really is the WorkingExamples.org, Working Examples Project. I just, you know, we got a lot of incredible submissions to GLS this year um, from teachers. Uh, so Paul Dervasi presented on the Word Game, which is his pervasive game in the classroom based on the cuckoos, on One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is a crazy idea, right? That's just absolutely crazy and awesome. Um, and that's just because he hangs out on the Working Example site, and those folks were like, hey, there's this cool conference. You should go, you should submit to it. Um, and so, and he's one of, you know, I don't even, a large number of folks. So, but those are places where you can go and see his content that's being updated regularly, um, that's based upon the work he did in his classroom, the design work he did, and the presentation he did at GLS. Um, so workingexamples.org is your friend year-round. And I, I contacted yeah. a few, and I, I'm not going to try to remember their names real quick, but I know I have their emails from workingexamples.org, and they're wanting to come on the show too. So I think I need to look into this a little bit more because I was not aware of this the awesome site, and yeah. yeah, so we'll have to, I'll definitely have to check that out and then be able to share that on the show. I think that'll be Wonderful. Yeah. Anything else? So one more website <laughs> to keep your eye on, then I'll keep on adding the list, is yes. the, play, the Playful Learning Events page. Mm -hmm. And people often say, if you know, if teachers go to one event, it doesn't change how they practice. Well, we are aware of that, and so we want to keep folks engaged, not only in events, but really in a broader community of practice. And so we have regional Playful Learning Summits, They'll be happening this year. Again, we mentioned Whitewater earlier. Um, Ohio has a Playful Learning Summit regionally scheduled for next May, early next May of 2015. Clemson uh, University in South Carolina is looking uh, to organize. We did a Playful Learning Summit. Um, we mentioned Santa Monica earlier and the Playmaker School. Um, literally a few minutes up the road is the Milken Community School, and we'll be doing a Playful Learning Summit there uh, at the end of April in 2015. Again, regional to those folks who are in California and the LA area specifically. And so keep your eye on that Playful Learning Events page as we see other regional summits and opportunities for collaboration pop up. And we'll put that in the show notes. Wonderful. Jerry? Are you muted, Jerry? Stupid thing. <laughs> yeah. No, we are good to go. I was sorry. I was working on getting that events page up, and then you were on uh, ESPN. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still mellow. Watch. No. No. No <laughs> mellow. Yeah. No. You know what? It's uh. It, you know, it is my absolute favorite conference. I I I would do everything I could do to have been there this year. I'm so so uh, disappointed that I couldn't be there. I I absolutely love the conference. Um, and the the people, the city, the uh, all of it, all of it's fantastic. So I can't wait. Yep. I'm already ready for next year. I missed you, Jerry. That would yeah. You next know. year. 
yeah. Next well, year. Thank, and thank you, thank you both for giving the three of us a chance to come on this morning. And yeah. This, you know, whenever this is broadcast and share. It, it, really it's live. It. It's, it's live, Ramey. I know. Whoever watches it later, I know. Yeah. <laughs> thank I, you. I would love thank to add at the beginning, you know, that I messed up. <laughs> can't do it. it. It's all good. People know me by now that, you know, Zach's going to screw up something, so it's all good. But yes, you're, you're quite welcome, Ramey. And it's easy to share wonderful you know, information and projects and conferences like this. It's, you know, I don't have to feel bad about, you know, saying, oh, let's get GLS 10 on Jerry. You know, I really don't like the conference, but let's have him on. <laughs> it's very, very easy to promote something like this because it's so good. If I could just say that I'm always amazed by the fine selection of both food, but more importantly, the wonderful beers that accompany <laughs> the conference. Very important. Truly, I'm not even sure it should be called a conference. It's more just like a vacation getaway. It's like, I, don't, I don't know. It's fantastic. One survey completer a couple years ago said something like, it's like a Sandals resort uh, <laughs> meets an academic conference and lands in Madison, Wisconsin. And I feel like we really try to provide the whole package, right? You don't have to yeah. worry about food or ice cream or beer or anything, right? You just come, you learn, you talk, you have a blast. Yep. Yeah. You, know, it, it's, you know what's really different, though, is there's something to be said for that. Like we we preach all the time, uh, especially as teachers, that one of the main things you have to do is kids have to be comfortable in your mm -hmm. classroom, you know, and you have to be comfortable at a conference. And there's nothing more comfortable than that conference because it's just the most laid back, and that encourages people to to talk and to meet new people, you know. So I think I joke like, oh, yeah, the food and beer is fantastic. But I actually think it's a really important part of that conference that makes it unique um, from from other conferences. Yeah. I actually... I got a shout-out to Constance, our advisor, because I think that's her her southern, southern <laughs> belt coming through. But that's, you know, she was taught by her mother to be that way, and it really comes through in the conference. And... She told me when her mom was in town that I had to you know, give that shout-out to her mother so she'd be so happy. She didn't want to come off she was there, so I'm going to do it now on broadcast it out to YouTube. There you go. There you go. Okay, well, we've kind of, we've gone, it's, it, we don't really have a time. I know it's set for a half an hour, but, you know, we're kind of, you know, our time, we probably could chat for a while longer, but, you know, thank you all uh, for joining us. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have Bye. a great week. Bye. Thanks Bye. for having us. Thanks, Bye. everyone. Thanks. <laughs>